This is episode 359, Making a Big Decision About a Big Change with Catherine. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. You've got an updated new live life coaching episode right now, like you do every Wednesday. Every Saturday, I have Coach's Corner where I share a little bit or I interview someone. And yes, we still are airing re-airs because I really thought I'd be back working sooner than I am. <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, three-month maternity leave, then I'll be good to work part-time. But it just hasn't unfolded that way for two reasons. One, I just really like spending time with my daughter. And for so long, she's napped in my arms daily, which <laughs> I don't recommend because it's hard to get them to transition to a crib. But oh, she's just so cuddly and I would just spend hours in a dark room with her. And the second reason is because I'm just tired. Man, sleep deprivation. I see why they use it as a form of torture. I don't know who the they is, but I know sleep deprivation is used as a form of torture. And I can see why. It is it's intense. And so all you parents out there, especially the mamas who are up at night nursing or feeding or just up with a sick baby, like it is, it is, it's tough. So I've just really had to be mindful of my energy. And when I do coaches corners and I interview people, I like to read the book. I like to research. I like to really dive in and just haven't had the bandwidth to do that. But I'm coming back around. She's almost five months and I have more support around me. And hopefully... I will have a little more sleep. Hopefully, hopefully she'll be sleeping through the night by six months. We shall see. But I am going to get that fertility and pregnancy episode up that I promised you for months and months and months and months within the next two weeks. So that is coming. And the re-airs, we always try to pick ones that were really popular or that were from a couple years ago. So you might've missed it. So hope you are enjoying those as well. All right, everybody, today's show is about making a big decision. This is particularly about moving in with someone, but I want you to give it a listen, even if this isn't a relationship question that you have, even if you aren't making a decision about moving in with someone, because there's an exercise I guide Catherine through that I'll outline in the outro after I air the the coaching call that is useful to do. I call it my intuitive decision-making process, and I'll walk you through it after I play the coaching call, so heads up for that. Also, my signature retreat, it's back. I thought 2020 was going to be my last year and I wasn't going to do another one and then everything in the world happened and I had a daughter and I just feel such a calling to continue hosting women's retreats. It's going to be epic. It's going to be here in Austin, Texas, October 7th through 9th. Go to christinehaster.com slash signature retreat. Take advantage of our early bird special. It is life-changing. It really is. We have people that come back, actually, every year I do it because it's so powerful. So if you've already been, definitely know you can come back again. Again, christinehaster.com slash signature retreat. All right, as you're listening to this episode, consider, is there a big decision you're considering making? Do you want to make a change and you don't know if it's too much of a stretch and it's too extreme or if it would be a great challenge? Are you someone that tends to like to have certainty? So making big changes like that often can feel scary. And finally, in relationship, either whether you're in one right now or you've been one in the past, 
have you tried to change the other person rather than taking full responsibility for how you're showing up in the relationship? So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call. Before we dive in, I want to tell you about Rise, which is an awesome formula made by Cured, a new sponsor of our podcast, designed by their in-house clinical herbalists. It contains a blend of lion's mane and cordyceps mushrooms, rhodiola, ginseng, and broad-spectrum CBD. It's really great if you want to reduce your caffeine intake. If those of you have that midday coffee or just want to get off caffeine and save your adrenals, you may see a massive increase in your ability to complete daily tasks, to feel really plugged in, to not need that caffeine boost when you take Rise. So in a world where there are so many things trying to steal our attention or drain us, I'm thankful for supplements like this that keep us laser focused on goals and help us from having to go to that third or fourth cup of coffee. So right now, Cured is offering a exclusive offer to you, my listeners. You can grab Rise for 20% off by visiting curednutrition.com slash over it. That's C-U-R-E-D nutrition.com slash over it and enter coupon code over it at checkout to save 20%. Again, that's cured.com slash over it. Enter coupon code over it and save 20%. Remember with Rise, you have extended mental clarity and performance, no caffeine, no jitters, no crash, and that CBD aids in balancing the supplement to add a little of that relaxation in there. All right, and now on to my episode with Catherine. Catherine, welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi, Christine. My question is, is it too soon to move in with my partner after only dating for five months? And how do I know if this relationship is an issue-based relationship, journey me, or side-by-side partnership? Mm, that's a juicy question. <laughs> so let's take them one at a time. Um, the first one about moving in together after five months. I think you said, is it too soon to move in together? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. What if, if, let's say you were dating for a year, would it be a no brainer for you? Um, maybe not necessarily. Okay. Okay. So what are your hesitations? Uh, I guess it depends on how stable I feel that we are. Okay. And I'm just not sure about the stability currently because I, really enjoy the way my life is right now. And I don't want to bring additional stress in my life. Well, it sounds to me like you have your answer. But I think my intuition is really leaning the other way. What's your intuition saying? It's telling me that it's a new adventure. And even if it doesn't all work out in the end, I'll learn a lot from it. Well, that's the relationship in general. You don't have to move in together to have a new adventure or learn. Right. So what comes up for you when I say that? I guess logistically it's a little bit difficult because he'll be two hours away Mm. and I don't really want even a semi-long distance relationship since I've done that before as well. So you you live two hours away right now from each other? Um, well, he lives in L.A. currently, and I live in Orange County, so that's like an hour-ish. Okay, yep. So you, well, depending on what time of day you leave, but yes. So have you been like living in two separate cities since you've been together? 
No, his life has been kind of in flux. He's been, he's changed jobs twice Uh or now will be the second time since. So Uh he lived like 10 minutes away from me. Then he lived an hour and then now he would, he's changing jobs again. So he'd be living two hours away from me. Great. And well, let's, let's go to the second part then. How has the relationship been going so far? Tell me about the relationship. So it's been kind of rocky for the first maybe four months. We broke up once and that was my choice because I wasn't sure whether he was mature enough for the kind of relationship that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. And you know, we worked through it and got back together. And I tried to take a good look at, you know, my side of the street. And I started reading some of Alison Armstrong's work mm-hmm. based on a podcast that you had. And since reading her work, and I'm still like trying to integrate it, but it's everything's been really smooth since then. What do you think the biggest shift was? I think my expectations of him and of men in general. I stopped trying to make him into the quote-unquote perfect version of what I thought he should be and tried to see what, you know, assume that there must be a good reason for what he's doing or Mm. not doing Mm-hmm. And have you noticed that that behavior has made him treat you like more of a queen? Has his treatment of you changed? Yes. He's been a lot. He's always been very loving, but he has been a lot more loving. There's been a lot of, you know, small, really endearing moments where he kind of just looks at me and then starts tearing up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's wrong? And he goes, you know, I'm just so lucky to have you in my life. And he's not a very emotional person. Like he kind of suppresses those. So it's meant a lot. Mm. And what are your concerns? Just that if this is just a temporary thing or a long-term thing, this, you know, smooth sailing. And I guess I, I don't really know how to lean into my feminine and I feel like maybe this is what the relationship is here to teach me. Yes. Potentially one of those things. A relationship usually has way more than one lesson. It usually has several lessons. So what does leaning into your feminine mean to you? I think being less, not trying to do everything and fix everything and feeling like I can't depend on anyone that I have to figure it all, all out myself and sort of trusting the universe more. I haven't really had a relationship with what I would call like spirituality. That doesn't, I'm still trying to figure out what that means for me. Mm -hmm. And just, I guess, trusting. Okay. Okay. So let's go back to the moving in situation because I, I think going back and forth might get us some clarity. What, would the potential loss be of moving in together? Because here's the thing, you can move in together, it can not be going well, and in three months you can move out. You know, one of you can keep the place, one of you can leave, you can have, you can put agreements in place if it feels a little scary to move in together. You also could 
move to the city he's living in and not potentially move in together. There are options too. So talk to me about a little bit of the logistics. Okay. Um, I guess where I'm currently living, I really love it. I'm really close to the beach and I work from home so I can kind of walk outside during the day and Mm -hmm. um, work at and just, you know, kind of decompress. Mm -hmm. The situation I have feels very safe and very predictable Mm -hmm. because I've lived here for three years. I know my roommates and we all kind of respect each other's space. And if I were to move in with my partner, we may move in with another couple. And we're thinking about, you know, adopting a dog. And it's just a lot of change and new things at once. It's a lot. So I'm just going to give you my straight up opinion. Would that be okay? Yeah. So the relationship is still new. You're still discovering a lot. You Moving is one of the most stressful things we can do. And you're trying to really have a conscious relationship, learn all this stuff about yourself, and then putting the pressure of moving in together and potentially moving in with another couple or whatever it may be just feels like a lot. Feels like a lot. And in just talking to you and just feeling into who you are and what you may need and the way you work, you seem like you're a person that needs some alone time, needs some introspection. You're someone who, you know, has something happens, you go back, you reflect on it, you look for some answers, and then you make some changes. Would you say that you have that aspect of yourself, that introspective, yeah. reflective? Yeah. Very and, much so. And so it may be it may be really challenging and confronting for you to just be thrown into living with him. So my suggestion would be that if now it's a two hour drive or whatever, every Thursday night or Friday morning or Friday evening or whatever, one of you drives so that you're spending Friday, Saturday, Sunday together or Thursday night through Monday morning or something like that. And then you're having your space during the week to continue to get to know each other, to continue to date, to continue to get to practice all these new things that you're talking about without having the extra pressure cooker of moving in together and potentially being in someone else's space as well. Now I know it's a two hour drive. I get that. But if only if you switch off who's doing it, then you're only each doing it twice a month, let's say. And it just gives you some breathing room to really practice and integrate everything you're learning and still have your space, Catherine, to go back and reflect and not overwhelm your system. Because it feels to me like you, you wouldn't do well in a situation where you're just flooded with having to adapt really quickly. Seems like you need a little more time sometimes with change. Would that be fair to say? I would say yes, but I guess I have been feeling really complacent in my life as well. And I feel like maybe this would be an opportunity to, you know, kind of challenge myself and grow from. Yes, we can, so let's, I, but I gave birth five months ago. I'm getting back yeah. into working out. I can super challenge myself and enter a marathon, or I can stretch myself and try to walk, you know, three miles with maybe a little jog, which is probably going to be the healthiest for me. Mm, probably starting slow. Yeah, but I'm still stretching myself. Right. It's still a challenge. But it's not a challenge that's going to totally burn me out and make me backtrack. Again. Okay. That makes sense. You can do 
whatever you choose. If what I'm saying doesn't resonate, just toss it away. But usually when people call me and they have a concern and they don't know, it's usually a no. When there's doubt, there's usually a no. And it's a no right this second. A month from now could change. Two months from now could change. But just the challenge of a new relationship and and even what I'm saying about trying to work out the weekend thing, that that is a challenge. You are challenged in this relationship right now. You are stretching. You are growing. It hasn't been rainbows and unicorns from the beginning. You're learning things about yourself. And I agree that it's important for all of us to stretch ourselves, but not stretch ourselves so much that we snap because then we contract and we go backwards. If we want continual progress in our life, we stretch ourselves just enough where we feel the stretch, but we don't snap. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I do have a tendency to be very extreme when I decide something Mm. really all or nothing for me instead of baby steps. And does that work for you? Sometimes, (laughs) but oftentimes, no, I think it comes from maybe, I don't know, perfectionism or yeah, I don't know. I've gotten mixed results. (laughs) Well, let me ask you, let's just close your eyes for a second and feel into your body. Okay. So I just want you to imagine, and why don't you stand up too, so we can get a real full picture here. I just want you first to imagine moving in with him and giving up your apartment, changing the city you live in and living with your partner and having that every day, you know, having breakfast together, watching Netflix at night, having that everyday connection. And just being in this new environment, potentially with new people, away from what you know, adjusting to working in a different place, just feel into what that feels like. New city, new place, relatively new person. You've only known him five months. Sharing your bed every night. And just tell me what's happening in your body. Do you notice your body moving? Where's your breath? What are you feeling? Give me a little report. Um... I feel a little anxious mm-hmm. and really excited. Mm-hmm. Great. Any other body sensations? Um, I feel this like expansion in my chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually starting to feel a little calmer. Mm-hmm. Great. Anything else? It feels comforting and safe. Okay, great. Great. Okay, so take a breath. And then stand in a different place. Okay. Okay, and now I want you to imagine staying where you are. Being able to stay in your apartment with your roommates walk outside, being in a place you love and seeing your partner anywhere from two to four days a week, going there, having him come there and missing him, but having your own bed to sleep in, but only having a few days in between and being able to explore the relationship without the pressure of living together. 
And just notice again what's happening in your body and give me a little report. I feel like I would be bored. Mm -hmm. It's like the first thought that comes to my head. Like it's my life on repeat and everything's really predictable. Mm -hmm. Any sensations? Not really. I still feel calm, I guess. Okay. Okay. So based on that little experiment, you can sit down now if it's more comfortable, which feels like the choice that's more aligned to you. I think moving in with him. Great. How does it feel to make that choice? Good. More of a relief. I think that Mm. I think that I've been sort of looking for a change in my life. And at first I thought it was moving to another state and where I have some friends and the lifestyle really aligns with mine. Like there's a lot of outdoor adventures, that's sort of the culture, but I had like found an apartment and found a landlord and all I had to do was sign the lease. And this is while uh, my partner and I were broken up and I just couldn't do it. Like I didn't, it didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't tell whether I was, you know, wanting to move because I was too in my head or it was something my heart wanted. And it wasn't until I had to make that decision that Mm -hmm. I realized that that's not the kind of new adventure that I need right now. Mm. And I feel ready for, I guess, an adventure. Great. Great. Well, there you go. Okay. Does that feel like you made the choice? I think so. Yeah. (laughs) Well, great. There you go. And you could wake up tomorrow and be like, "Mm, I don't know. But if this is your choice for right now, then I fully support that. And you can always move in and, you know, you're not trapped. You have choice even if you move in. You have choice. And I think that's going to be an important thing to remind yourself of. One thing I would suggest is that you make agreements with your partner before you move in together about how you're going to live together. Agreements around everything from bill paying to laundry to who makes the bed to what kind of alone time you need, what kind Mm -hmm. of space you need, what will be your agreements regarding, you know, arguments you have. Like my husband and I have an agreement that if either one of us tries, we have a something that symbols like an olive branch that if we're in an argument, either one of us grabs that and offers it to the other person. Like we have to be open to have a conversation. So mm-hmm. I would sit down and make some agreements because I think that will help the part. There's a part of you that wants the adventure, right? And then there's a part of you that wants to feel safe. And we want to honor both parts of that. So we're honoring the adventurous part by going, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to spice things up. We're going to move in with our guy. It's going to be a new city. Cool. But the safety part needs some things that it's going to make her feel like you've got your, your, some of your other needs met. Make sense? So having agreements in place will help with that part because we start to feel unsafe when there's a lot of uncertainty agreements and a plan give us a sense of certainty so it can help with that safety part. Are you willing to do that? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really great suggestion. We'll have to definitely talk about that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of what kind of relationship it is, it may be too early to tell. Maybe too early to tell. If it was okay. issue based, what do you think your issues would be that are attracting you to each other? So I guess I need some clarification on issue based. Does that mean that you are both struggling with the same things? Maybe you've had both had sort of a, a similar past and that's it, what connects you? It can, but generally it's more about the issues are complementary and they're the perfect person to trigger your issues so that you can heal, but not necessarily the perfect person to spend your life with. So for example, if someone has a lot of issues around like jealousy and not trusting people, they may bring someone in who has like kind of leaky sexual energy or tends to cheat or lie or something like that. If let's say I grew up with a narcissistic or selfish parent, I might draw in someone who has those tendencies to help me heal that wound, right? So issue-based relationships tend to be fiery. They tend to be very, very passionate. There's a lot of physical attraction, but it's sort of like you're always recovering from an argument and you never really feel like your nervous system settles in an issue-based relationship. Mm, Okay. So that said, does something kind of go ding, ding for you when I describe that? I guess a little bit of the always recovering from an argument that that was more true, I guess, in the first three months, three to four months, not so recently. So it's a little bit hard to tell. Okay. But I did, you know, grow up with a narcissistic mother and, you know, so I just don't want to, there's a part of me that wants to make sure that I can trust my judgment about relationships. Has he shown you signs of being selfish or narcissistic or having those tendencies? No, not at all. Great. Great. So I think right now you get to explore and you get to learn. And I love that you are looking at, okay, where can I take responsibility in this relationship? And where do I need to look at where he may have some qualities that um, aren't so healthy for me? Or where do I need to make requests of him? So in relationship, we always are taking 100% for our 50%, 100% responsibility for our 50% of the relationship. And especially new in the relationship, we want to look at, let me take my rose-colored glasses off. Let me put my hormones aside for a moment. And (laughs) is this person really giving me what I need? Like, are we a a true match in terms of values and vision of where I want to go? Or does it feel familiar based on some of my wounding experiences from my childhood? And moving in together will help clarify a lot of that. Right. Yeah, I think it feels a lot like the former where I feel like I've already learned a lot in the relationship about how to ask for my needs and being able to know that he will make an effort to meet those needs and how to set my boundaries and probably most of all how to receive love, Mm. even though it doesn't look exactly the way I expect it to. I love it. Well, it sounds like you're off to a great start in this relationship. Okay. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this is relationships. They teach us. And whether he's your forever person, your side-by-side partnership, or he's a journey mate or issue-based, whatever, you're going to learn. 
And so I would encourage you to take the pressure off of trying to figure it out and really be present, continue asking, what would love do? What can I learn? And keep your eyes wide open. Right. Okay. Does this help? Yeah, it does help a lot. It helps clarify my feelings. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, Catherine, for your vulnerability and for being so coachable in this episode and bringing forward a lot of great relationship questions. So first thing I want to talk about, because Catherine mentioned it, is issue-based, journey mate, and side-by-side partnerships. So I talk about the different kinds of relationships, and this is just something I've named after years of coaching people and being in my own relationship. So an issue-based relationship is one where the passion and chemistry is really hot and heavy, but what's really attracting you is unresolved issues. So you're attracted to someone who is like your mother or father or who triggers your insecurity or deepest wounds. Or we tend to draw in these relationships that have tons of red flags, but the passion and the chemistry keeps us going back for more. And the opportunity is to actually heal the issue that's attracting you to that person. Generally, issue-based relationships don't last. They're there to have us really look at our wounds so we can do the work to heal them. Uh, But they're hard to end because usually the passion, the physical intimacy of them is pretty darn good. Journey mates are relationships where it doesn't have quite the heat and intensity of an issue-based relationship, but we come together to accomplish something or to learn something specific or to support each other through a time. There's just an expiration date on them. They're not awful. They're not dramatic. They just are done when they're done. Like you've learned what you needed to learn and it's time to move on. And then a side-by-side partnership is when your visions and values are aligned. You've done your work, obviously. There's still more work to do in a relationship. I mean, Steph and I did a ton of work before meeting each other, but (laughs) the work, we, we still have work to do. But you're more attracted to each other because you're headed in the same direction. Your vision and values for life are the same versus it's your issues that are attracting each other. So with Catherine, I could have dug a little more and found out what kind of relationship it was, but I didn't feel like that was a priority in this episode. I felt like the priority in this episode was really helping her make a decision. So one thing that I do often with clients, and you heard me do it on this call, is I'll straight up give an opinion about what someone quote unquote should do, (laughs) which I don't really love to tell people what they should do, but I use this as a way to try to get more to their intuition. So when I give a straight up opinion or advice, if they feel relief, if they're like, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, that's what I was thinking too, or I knew you would say that, or that's what I really felt too, and I can feel that I'm just echoing what they know to be true, there's the answer. And if they fight me and keep going back to, no, but I really want this, but I really want this, and you've made really good points, but I really want this, it's like, well, there's their answer. And so for Catherine, it was the latter. It was, I gave her an opinion. I'm like, you could, you have all these other options you could do. And she was still really fought for, no, I want to move in with him. And we got further clarity around that when we did the intuitive decision-making process. So how you do this on your own is you get two sheets of paper. And let's say you're deciding to move and you're trying to decide if I want to move to California or New York, to <laughs> the two extremes, California or New York. So you would get a piece of paper and write California and you get a piece of paper and write New York and you stand behind each one, and you'd center yourself, you'd take a couple deep breaths, you'd step onto the paper that said California, you'd feel into it, you'd visualize it, you'd see what your body does. How does your body move? How do you feel? What images come up? What feelings come up? So on and so forth. And then you step back, you take a breath. I like to spin around a couple times. You do the same thing with New York. Visualize, 
guide yourself through a process to really imagine what it would be like living there and see what your body does. How does it lean? Does it sway? Are there knots? What's your emotions? And often our body can give us really, really great information that way. So that's my intuitive decision-making process that um, can lead to a lot of clarity. So a little specifics on Catherine. There were a couple things I could have gone deeper in, and if she's listening, I would encourage her to go deeper in. So that whole like figuring it all out on her own, that will be something that will come up in relationship because what happens when we have that pattern is we can tend to withdraw. And we can also tend to not really speak our needs in relationship because we're used to just taking care of things on our own. And so why I wanted her to form those agreements, which, well, one, it gives us a sense of certainty when we have uncertainty to form agreements and not just have expectations of people. But two, when we have those agreements in place, it helps people that, you know, aren't so good at speaking their needs and and getting their needs met. So Catherine, that would be a big thing for you if you're listening is knowing that breaking that pattern of doing it all on your own will be speaking your needs, asking for help, asking for the support. And that's also something in the masculine feminine dynamic when we're just doing things all on our own and not in collaboration, and not in receptivity, and not in support, we can lean a little bit too much into that masculine energy. I also really want to acknowledge Catherine for cleaning up her side of the street. She realized that she was expecting him to be who she wanted him to be, and had to look in the mirror and go, well, who do I want to be in this relationship, and did some work on really stepping into her feminine energy. And the person she mentioned that, that I've recommended before is Alison Armstrong. You can look up her, her work, her books, her programs. So I acknowledge Catherine for that because it's it's hard. It's very mature <laughs> to realize that, oh my gosh, I'm putting so many expectations on this person and I need to look at me. So that would be my second biggest takeaway for you on this episode. The first one is try that intuitive decision-making process. The second one is in any relationship, whether it's friendship, a colleague-employee relationship, your romantic relationships, a familial relationship, clean up your end. You know, remember, whenever we're pointing a finger, we have three fingers pointing back at ourselves. So it's that balance of taking responsibility, but also speaking up for ourselves, having boundaries, and asking for what we need. All right, everybody, that is the show for today. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings.